truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And happy Friday. We're live and on demand on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. We have a special guest that will be joining us for the Dace Group Roundtable in just a moment. 888-900-3393 is the number if you want to let us know what you think about what we think. It is a Feedback Friday. So we'll be getting to some of the feedback that you've sent to us recently uh, via the SteveDace.com inbox at Steve at SteveDace.com. That's how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook, but Facebook doesn't like us, so you need to like us a lot there. Somehow somehow we're gathering thousands of subscribers to our video channel, and we have added 566 to the Facebook page itself. So that sounds totally legit, guys. You can also uh, like us and follow us on Twitter as well, at least until they decide they don't like us either, at Steve Dace Show. And if you are listening via podcast or Blaze Radio, the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We mentioned, of course, we'll have the Dace Group here momentarily, uh, Feedback Friday coming up next hour. One of the cool things we love to do here at the Steve Dace Show is support worthwhile causes. One of our favorites uh, is uh, taking the Great Commission to its logical conclusion, taking the scriptures to the end of the earth. And that's where uh, our friends at Back to Jerusalem come in. Their specialty is uh, getting behind the iron curtains of what are called closed countries like communist China, Iran, Somalia, where we get our our members of Congress from nowadays, as well as North Korea. And we'll probably be getting uh, members of Congress from them as well soon. All right, so uh, if you want to help with this mission, uh, what they've done is taken the Bible into an electronic form that's downloadable, but it's very small, about uh, the size of a pill that makes it easier to slip past the gatekeepers in these countries that don't want their people inspired and filled with hope that comes from the Word of God. It costs from about conception to delivery just about 15 bucks to reach any individual in one of these countries So with one of these Bibles. If you think that's 15 bucks well spent, it's about the cost of you and someone else going out for a fast food lunch today blazehelp.org is the website blazehelp.org or you can give them a call at 844-305-0566 and now it's time for the day script This total and complete ripoff of the McLaughlin Group. And there's our very own John Miller. As Todd, you're right. He, he is joining us live from the Emperor's Throne Room. Good to see you, John. Uh, <laughs> this total and complete ripoff of the McLaughlin Group brought to you by our friends at Relief Factor. If you're one of millions of Americans suffering through what is called chronic pain, that is pain as a result of inflammation in the body, uh, you may have thought, hey, I'm just going to have to buy creams, take pills, etc. cetera. Uh, Relief Factor has been a success story for so many of us here at The Blaze. And I've taken it the last few weeks and have seen some uh, amazing recovery results myself. 100% drug-free, created, though, by doctors, right? So uh, these are doctors that are just tired of writing prescriptions for everything, uh, and, and they're looking to try and treat the body, particularly inflammation, more naturally. And that's where they came up with four key ingredients that will help your body win the fight against inflammation. It's just a dollar a day to try the trial pack for three weeks, so 20 bucks. They offer this trial pack because the overwhelming amount of people who give it a shot end up coming back and using it regularly because of the results they see. 
What have you got to lose except maybe the pain? If you want to give it a shot, really simple. Just go to the website, ask for the starter pack at relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Issue one is our weekly update on the race for the Democratic nomination. Bleep Democrats say. When a woman gets pregnant, that is not a human being inside of her. It's part of her body. Hi, everyone. Uh, Representative Brian Sims here. And what we've got here is a bunch of protesters, a bunch of pseudo-Christian protesters who've been out here shaming young girls for being here. And so here's the deal. I've got $100 to anybody who will identify any of these three. Before that thing is a person, what is... What do you mean, what is... President of the United States is a wannabe dictator with authoritarian tendencies. And if it weren't for him being president, he'd be in prison with Michael Cohen today as individual one. If Donald Trump Jr. defies the subpoena, he ought to be jailed. But if we were arresting all of the people in the administration... We would have overcrowded jail situation. Do you support the government buying them back? And if not, potentially people could go to jail if they don't want to sell them back. Yes or no? Again, we should have a law that bans these weapons, and we should have a reasonable period in which people can turn in these weapons. I'm telling you, we have a constitutional crisis. Whether it's obstruction, obstruction, obstruction. We've talked for a long time about approaching a constitutional crisis, we are now in it. Obstruction, obstruction, obstruction. We're confronting a constitutional crisis as I speak to you. Obstruction, obstruction, obstruction. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. He's, he's becoming self-impeachable. Let's say this loud and clear. Without voter suppression, Stacey Abrams would be the governor of Georgia. Andrew Gillum is the governor of Florida. It's also critical to understand that, as I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Making America great again. When that past that he is promising to return us to was never as great as advertised. The Attorney General says he believes spying occurred in looking after the president's uh, then campaign. What do you think about that? Yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about. The FBI doesn't spy, the FBI investigates. Was, was it a spying? Well, it, yeah, I, I guess it mis meets the, the dictionary definition of, spy, of of surveillance or spying. I think that anyone who is in a situation where they're in need of health care regardless of whether they're documented or undocumented, we have an obligation to see that they're cared for. And one million species now face extinction, many within decades. As a result, rampant dumb now threatens our health, our security, and our planet. So, um, I've been skipping school for 11 weeks now. It is a sacrifice that we have to make because we are missing important things, but we realize that if we don't skip this school, we might not have a future, so we need to. The other organisms of the planet are our life support systems. You don't have to worry about them if you don't care about eating, if you don't care about breathing, uh, if you don't care about having fresh water and so on. Then you can just forget about it and die. All right, uh, gentlemen, what was your favorite bit of... <laughs> <laughs> John, it's done already. <laughs> 
He's looking around for the Crimson yeah, that, Guard. That was just this week. <laughs> that was just this week, yes. So what was your favorite bit of Democrat campaign crazy this week and why? And John, since you look fairly verklempt, we'll start with you, the White House correspondent here at Blaze TV. Yeah. What say you, sir? Let me, let me start with one that wasn't in that montage, which is Pete Buttigieg saying that uh, God doesn't have a political party, but if he did, he's pretty sure it wouldn't be Republican. Because I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember the parts in the Bible where uh, where Jesus talked about uh, tearing babies apart or where Jesus talked about throwing them off a cliff or something, because apparently the Democrats, that's where they are. Uh, and the Republican Party, who's trying to save that, uh, is, is apparently the, the, the party that God would want nothing to do with. So I thought that was very interesting. Uh, there's about a thousand other moments that, you know, in addition to the video play that I could point to. Uh, but I'll, I'll go with that one. That, that just perplexed me. I, I, that is classic passive aggressivism, by the way. So it's good to see that, you know, behind the uh, the intersectionality flowchart uh, and, uh, you know, the uh, progressive packaging, Pete Buttigieg is still just a man of this era. All right. Because that is if, if, when, when they when they put the tombstone on the men of this era, it will say they died passive aggressive. That is classic passive aggressivism. I am sure God does not have a political party. <laughs> And I'm just as sure, though, that if he did, it wouldn't be one of the only two that matter, right? I mean, that's just that's classic, classic passive aggressivism. Todd, your favorite crazy this week? I these lists are so rich. I, I give me, I, I have a few. Uh, first of all, Hillary regrets. Never, oh, I have a few. Hillary never stopped being you. I mean, really. I, I there's a I have a begrudging level of respect. Well, I have good news for you. Oh, good. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, just brazen, owning it. That you, Love it, girl. Uh, former CIA director, what's his name there? And I, Clapper. Clapper. Clapper, the guy that lied to former head I mean, of uh, DCI, now too. That, now this is, the laugh track is off. Uh, chilling. I guess, maybe, spying, maybe. They are, they don't care about you. They don't care about your rights. They don't care about the Constitution. The way that, that's just like, Water off a duck's back with him. Like, eh, maybe spying, maybe not. Whatever. I don't care. Um, appalling. That, that's those are the kind of men and women you need to simply make sure they have nothing to do with governing your life. And right now, they are legion. And lastly, uh, Chris Cuomo. I mean, it's. I, does it surprise me that the woman said what she said about uh, is a baby a human being? Doesn't surprise me in the least. And journalism being magical and not at all broken, but the swiftness with Como, uh, a Catholic who just simply go. I mean, it was Jehovah's Witness stuff. Just blinking, didn't even pause on being a, in terms of being a real journalist and say, "Well, now hold on a second. Um, did I hear you correctly? No, instantly running interference for her. I mean, that's a cult right there. Aaron, your favorite. I mean, this I kind guess, of, sample your get high on your yeah, own supply, brother. I, well, that's what I do on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> the last, the very last clip. I think his name, his last name is pronounced Ehrlich. It's Paul Ehrlich. Yes. Do you know who? What book he wrote? He has a long what history. A, He's sort of yeah. the Hal Lindsey of the uh, he wrote, environmental hysterical he, movement. He yeah. wrote the population bomb, which predicted that millions of people were going to starve in the 1970s due to overpopulation. Right. It's 2019. It's 2019, and and we're still saying people are just going to die. We're all going to die. That's probably my favorite moment because, I mean, the, the drumbeat goes on for these people. I don't know what it is, though, but recently the whole 
climate alarmism has really been dialed up to 11. Uh, and that's, I mean, that, that encapsulates, you know, we could, um, you know, basically surrender all of our liberties to save all of these uh, subsystems of our ecosystem, uh, or we could just die. Uh, that's basically... That's basically the message of the climate alarmists, and that was probably my favorite clip. By the way, Earl, th- that's not even Ehrlich's first. He has he has a long train. Yeah. He's made a career out of this, right? And and it just goes to show that you know we've talked about this many times in the program. There is nothing new under the sun. The devil just keeps re uh, reloading uh, the same greatest hits album every generation. He's trotted out about once a decade. We, we oh. saw him when we were kids in the 80s and 90s. He comes out about once a decade to find a new group of gullible people who they assume will not go back and look what his track record is. But yeah, he is the Hal Lindsey of climate alarmism. Just He's made a name for himself just picking wrong dates of apocalyptic endings. That's, that's, that's what he does. Okay. As, as an undergrad sociology major at the University of Wisconsin, I had him shoved yeah, down my throat ab- on a yeah, regular yeah, basis. Yes. And how long ago was that? Uh, that was in the early 90s. 25 years ago. So he was he was just as wrong then yes. as well. They just trot him out about once a decade to literally scare the hell India. Uh, that's that's essentially what his uh, his role is in the service, as you like to say, Todd, in the service of demons. Let's get to the exit question. On a scale of one to ten, with one being Lindsey Graham's T level, and ten being Ilan Omar's anti semitism, rate this week's level of cray cray, Todd. I'm going to keep, it's keep, it's creeping up. So I think last week I gave it a, I'm going with a solid seven, but wow. I know they've got more in them. Well, I like how you're trying to coach him up too, right? I mean, a good coach acknowledges the progress yes. that players have made. Least room for while not, yes. Yeah. While not accepting, you know, that, that this is the best you can do, right? I like that. What do you think, Aaron? I originally said after the first week of this that it's just going to be a five because I was going to kind of rate it as compared to the week before. I really can't do that, though. I got to take these one at a time uh, within, you know, kind of kind of in a vacuum. I'd say this week, I think we can do better on the cray cray train. Um, So I think, you know, it's still crazy. So it's going to be a six. But I think we could do better. What do you think, John? I mean, is this week any different than the other weeks? I mean, it didn't even it didn't even occur to me that this was an extraordinarily crazy week. Um, I feel like you have to leave a lot of room, though, at the upper end of the of the scale to allow for what they're going to say when the campaign starts to get hot. So uh, I agree. I think with Todd, I think I'm going to give it a seven and that gives a a solid three points to let them expand on their crazy. I Um, like what I like what you're doing there, John. You're kind of giving them, you know, the Nick Saban treatment here. You know, you got got a bunch of five star recruits when it comes to cray cray and you're telling them right now, hey, Trust the process here. I mean, you can, you can, there's still another, another layer of development that you can achieve uh, to reach your maximum potential or carnage as the case may be. I like it. All right. Issue two, bully. Everyone, uh, Representative Brian Sims here, and I'm once again out in front of Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, It's not only in my district, it's the most heavily protested Planned Parenthood, I, I believe in the country. And today's protester. Now, she is an old white lady who's going to try to avoid showing you her face. Um, But the same laws, luckily, that protect her from being out here also protect me from showing you who she is. And so my hope is, is that you'll donate $100 for every extra hour that this woman is out here telling people what's right for their bodies. So I have a couple questions for you, ma'am. How many children have you clothed today? I'm sorry, I missed your answer. How many children have you clothed today? How about how many children have you put shoes on their feet today? 
Have you fed any children today? Or have you just stood out in front of a Planned Parenthood shaming people for something that they have a constitutional right to do? I'm outside the Planned Parenthood at Southeastern Pennsylvania. Oh, no, they're leaving now. What we've got here is a bunch of protesters, a bunch of pseudo-Christian protesters who've been out here shaming young girls for being here. Hi. And so here's the deal. I've got $100 to anybody who will identify any of these three. So we're I'm going to donate to Planned Parenthood. I'm going to donate to Planned Parenthood. And so look, a bunch of more. white people standing out in front of a Planned oh, no, Parenthood shaming I'm people. Really There's sorry. nothing Christian about what you're doing. Nothing Christian at all about what you're doing. Hi, nothing Christian or loving or godly about what you're doing. So I've got $100 to anybody who will identify who this $100. See if you got some friends out here. 100 bucks. It'd be easier if you just give me your name and your address. Um, uh, Rich, Rich Bohinski. Rich, where are you from? Uh, Lansdale. Rich, what makes you think that it's your job to tell women what's right for their bodies? And the truth is, I'm not really asking because I don't care. Shame on you. You know, my favorite part of that video is, and, and I, I grew up with a guy like this. All right. So I, I know all these tactics. I know the fake apologies, and they always basically amount to, how dare you, I'm, you know, I'm sorry you made me treat you this way, okay? My favorite part of that video, though, is the very end. So he, he, he st he's picking targets, like all bullies do, that he thinks he can intimidate. So he finds the one male here, and the guy looks, he's what, 5'5", five, five, maybe a buck oh five soaking wet. Did you see what he did there? Takes off his hat, looks him right in the eye, gives him his name, address, all of his information. I mean, that, to, and, 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 and notice big, tough, former football lineman. When, when the other, when the other, the, the only other man in this exchange agrees to return volley. Notice what he, I don't care, taps out, walks away. Classic, classic bully behavior. As we, as we are speaking right now, um, the uh, the pro-life rally that he ignited, Matt Walsh over at uh, uh, the Daily Wire, our Graham Allen is taking a, a part in this. Um, uh, live Action is helping to organize it. That They're actually doing a rally outside of that Planned Parenthood in Philadelphia. It just started at the top of this hour. That's going on as we speak. And with all these grown men showing up, guess who? guess who's just not there? to uh to uh to speak out who's there not there to share his side of the story amazingly big tough football player brian sims doesn't bother to show now first question gentlemen it was fascinating to see the left america's opposition media they never really acknowledged this guy's existence all week long despite the controversy surrounding him despite his fake non-apology apology why did they give Brian Sims the silent treatment, do you think? Todd, I'll start with you. Oh, I know. And this is classic bias. Uh, they simply ignore the things that they don't want to cover. And I was at the register, uh, Des Moines Register, during the uh, Kermit Gosnell uh, uh, when, it, when it broke, and the register just flat out, ignored it and i continued to confront uh, the editors uh particularly the wire editor about uh, uh why and he'd get back to me with uh, well that's it, it they knew they were lying but they, they they manipulate the way they always manipulate said oh, well that's a local story and I, then i provided examples of other local stories that fit the register's regular narrative uh, that didn't fit that. I said, so that obviously isn't it. So what is it? And he got back to me very antagonistically and said, well, it, are you calling me a liar? And I said, yes, 
I, I am calling you a liar. They they simply ignore the stories they don't want to cover, and they're they buy, they buy the movement some time to on the Des Moines Register right now today is writing a story about promoting Planned Parenthood and why do the Joni Ernst and our our senator and our governor, uh, the first female uh, governor in the history of the state, uh, why don't they understand all the good that Planned Parenthood does? That's what they're talking about today. Instead of this, they simply ignore what they don't want to write about and try to change the subject. And it is speaking of classic tactics, Steve, that is their classic tactic. John, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. You saw this with the uh, with the transgender shooting suspect this week as well. Doesn't fit the narrative, doesn't fit the white male narrative. And so therefore, we're just going to ignore the story completely. And at the, at a certain point, we have to stop being surprised by it and just recognize that they are an arm of the Democrat Party. They are the stenographers of the left, and that's what it is. And, and I don't know what to do about it, but we have to acknowledge that because uh, there's nothing likable about this Brian Sims character. There's nothing that he does that makes him look good. In fact, it makes, you know, it makes the old ladies he was picking on, it makes the teenagers that he was picking on, it makes them look good. So, of course, they're not going to cover it because they can't make their side look bad. So they so so they ignore it, and I you know I, I think at a certain point we have to stop saying why aren't they covering this and just acknowledge they are the opposition, they are the Democrat Party, uh, and 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 just call that what it is. Totally agree. In fact, you took words out of my mouth. I've, how many times have I said almost verbatim what he just said on the show sure. the last few months? The reason I posed this question was not to um, question their integrity. I don't, I don't believe they have any. Um, it was it was to surmise their strategy. Okay, why why would they not highlight him? And what does that tell us then about those kinds of tactics? Because if the if one answer is uh, or if the answer is they didn't highlight him because of all the things that you just said, John, well, then that tells us that whoever's left undecided between these two Americans finds this sort of. Um, political act activism disdainful and distasteful and it turns them away from your cause well it also happens to be something that leftists do on a far frequent basis so the fact they didn't want to cover him to me is indicative of when we have the opportunity to highlight this sort of behavior we you know let's let's stop talking about bob Mueller. we'll debate that in the Mm -hmm. next segment all right and, and make guys like, like we did this week with Brian Sims, make guys like this national celebrities, that this is the story. We don't need to react to Jerry Nadler. We, need, we have our own story to tell. And the fact that they didn't want to talk about him, Aaron, indicates they understand the reverb on this is a motherless goat, this sort of activism. And that's why we need to show all of America this stuff every chance we have. That's what I think we need to do. Yeah, the heart of the motivations for not for just ignoring him, giving him the silent treatment, the heart of that, I believe, is very much Orwellian. I mean, this does not fit into their narrative. This does not fit into their Overton window. And we often think of the Overton window, which is essentially the filter of narrative, of words, of terminology, of newspeak, um, that the media at all, you know, the left, whoever, um, whoever controls the zeitgeist, it's basically the filter for which um, that passes through and the, the filter that they use to determine what is acceptable and what is not and what kind of language we use. The Overton, the Overton window, we often think of this as a passive filter. It is really an active weapon. It really is. We all have to contend with this on a daily basis. This is our. This should be our defense mechanism. I'll give you a few examples. 
how easy it is it is it to say um, undocumented immigrant? Maybe mm-hmm. for some of us it would be a little bit more challenging, and that's a good thing. How um, how difficult or how easy it is it to say uh, gay? That's another example, and that's been that's a that's an old 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 example. Um, how how easy is it to say numerous terminologies, politically correct terms, yep. because it just gets repeated and repeated and repeated? Yep. That is another example of what we're seeing here. So that's an that's one way they control the language. The way they control the narrative is by not covering things when they're not going their way. And that that was, I mean, again, the, the Kermit Gosnell thing that wasn't covered. I mean, a grand total of basically nothing. It was like the report, the ABC News report, spending eighteen seconds talking last week talking about 3.25% economic growth. They literally spent 18 seconds of their newscast uh, that the afternoon that that was announced. That is that is the way that they control things. And the only way to play the game or the only way to win the game is not to play it, is not to take them seriously on any level. Ignore them, treat them as irrelevant. Because at the end of the day, if you ignore them, they do become irrelevant. Um, it, it, it may not seem like it because media and broadcast media in particular is ever present, but we have to ignore them. We really do. And that's really tough to do. Ignore them as a, as a, um, as a serious entity. I mean, use them right. as, use monitor them, as, them like you'd monitor I, Al Jazeera, use them as a punchline. That's what I like to do a lot in mm-hmm. the mo- montages, but ignore them as a serious entity. That's the only way to win this game. What you just said is very important. And I, I saw this when I was making basically daily appearances for months at MSNBC during the 2012 campaign. You know, we had discussed gun issues and everything else numerous times. And I come in one day to do a panel on this and suddenly we're not, it's like the word gun control never existed. And like, like that, they switched it to gun violence. Like the memo just went out along the lines of what Aaron was just describing. The, the memo just went out, gun control doesn't play, switch it to gun violence. All right. I, I don't know. I, I, I have to say, and I'll even say this about where I work. I cringe. When I see any conservative media use the term trans in any affirmative construct in a headline or anything, all right, as a standalone entity, I just cringe at this because it's the first step in injecting them into your mainstream where you will eventually echo back exactly the talking points they want. Words are powerful. The creator of the universe spoke the universe into existence with words. Jesus is the word made flesh. Words are powerful, powerful weapons. Whoever controls the language almost always has control. We need to stop giving them this control. The fact, the fact they didn't show him this week indicates they know this is a loser. And when your opponent says this is a loser... Guess what you ought to, should you highlight what they don't want to talk about or react in in your highlights to what they do? Sweep the leg. Absolutely. Exit question. Do you think this is the last we've heard of Brian Sims? What do you think, Todd? No. No? John? Uh, I don't think so. I think that this was one step too far. They're probably saying, no, please don't go after, you know, elderly women. Please don't go after children. But this kind of uh, uh, confrontational behavior, this kind of um, bullying is what the left wants. I watched Amy Klobuchar, uh, who 10 years ago would have been a perfectly respectable Democrat, maybe would have even had a shot. She's, you know, uh, relatively, I mean, moderate in today's speak. Um she doesn't have a shot because she doesn't kind of embody that insane, crazy, radical Democrat spirit that's so rampant on the left. So I think that the left is looking for people like Brian Sims. I think going after women and, and children was a step too far, but I don't think this is the last we see of him. Aaron, quickly. No, Brian Sims is legion. Okay. 
Hey, uh, no more excuses uh, for putting all those chemicals into your body when you need bursts of energy. Don't go to get your your fuel for for your uh, for your body at a gas station. That's where you take your auto body. Okay, go back to your manufacturer and get energy from nature, from your creator, and that's where our friends uh, at Brickhouse Nutrition come in with their new product, from dawn to dusk. Uh, they have put together an advanced formula to stimulate more than just your heart, but also your brain and cells. Clean energy, focused uh, with a clean focus as well, maybe even improved mood that goes along with that for up to ten hours with no jitters, no afternoon crash, no calories, and no sugar. If you want to give this product a try instead of putting all those chemicals into your body if you want to try to get more energy and be more productive nature's way give it a shot at brickhousesteve.com that's the website brickhousesteve.com and when you go there use promo code steve to get 15 percent off of your first order the product is called from dawn to dusk at brickhousesteve.com promo code steve at brickhousesteve.com when we come back, uh, we have two topics left we're going to get to. One is uh, a fun kicker that we're going to enjoy. Um, the other, though, and I want to spend a minute here before we close out uh, setting it up. My Twitter feed again this morning, replete with talk of Robert Mueller and the Mueller report and the Russia investigation and Jerry Nadler, and that's from the conservative media that I follow. So we're going to ask a simple question. Why are we still talking about this? I know we know why they're talking about it. Why are we? We're going to discuss that here on the Dace Group next, live and on demand on The Blaze. It is uh, prime real estate season. One of the most stressful things, though, that you'll ever go through is buying and selling a home, particularly if you're trying to do it at both ends. Sell one in order to then buy the other. That's why you're looking for a real estate agent that you can trust. And that's where Real Estate Agents I Trust comes in, a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates a few years ago because they were tired of real estate agents who talked a good game, but then didn't deliver the promised results when they were needed uh, the absolute most because you're looking for an agent that has three characteristics. One, they've got a track record of successfully navigating a complicated process. Two, uh, an agent that understands that the data is important, but you got to look beyond the algorithms. Don't spare the details. Find out why particularly a ha- one home in your neighborhood maybe sold way above or way below what you want to ask for your home. And maybe there's reasons why that doesn't necessarily ha- or shouldn't necessarily influence the, the price that you put on yours. And then thirdly, kind of basic, you, you kind of need to get along with this person. I mean, you guys are going to be in the proverbial bunker together uh, during a really stressful time, and it helps if uh, there's uh, some you know common respect uh, and, and those sorts of things. So if you're looking for an agent that checks all of those three boxes, you're looking for real estate agents I trust. Just check out the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, back here to the Dace Group. Our guest panelist this week is our White House correspondent here at Blaze TV, John Miller. Let's get to issue three. Why are we still talking about this? It's been one year, 11 months, and 24 days since the Robert Mueller special counsel was appointed. I could have reasonably gotten married and had a kid in that time. 
There's been a bombshell. Breaking news, a new bombshell. One astrologer says this means the beginning of the end for President Donald Trump. The beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. Trump will resign. After bombshell. Is this the tipping point? I know we've said it over and over. You think this is a tipping point? And over and over. This is a tipping point. And over and over. After bombshell. Breaking news, President Trump off the rails. It was the beginning of the end today. The beginning of the end. It reminds me a lot of the last days of Nixon. Breaking news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning, not the end. But at the end of the day... Voy a la playa, voy a subir la marea. And yet, here we are. This week, Attorney General Bill Barr was held in contempt of Congress for his refusal to turn over the full, unredacted Mueller report. On top of that, Donald Trump Jr. was subpoenaed by Republican Richard Burr of the Senate Intel Committee for reasons that only Allah knows. Well, I was very surprised. I saw Richard Burr saying there was no collusion two or three weeks ago. He went outside and somebody asked him, no, there's no collusion. We found no collusion. But I was very surprised to see my son. My son's a very good person. Robert Mueller hasn't even been subpoenaed or asked to testify in front of Congress yet, so I think we can reasonably expect another, oh, 70 years of this story or so. All right, so this time I want us to look at it from, you know, our what the what's left of America perspective. All right. So we looked at the Brian Sims story through the prism of the left America, why they didn't want to highlight him and what that tells us about them. What I want us to do is discuss what our continuing obsession with, we even had Rob Eno. I know what is said in the overtime stays in the overtime. I will make one, one papal exception, if that's okay. Yesterday, Rob Eno flat out told us in the overtime that when he looks at our own sites, clicks, when we when we respond or talk on the Mueller collusion story, our people aren't clicking on it either. So talking about this for clicks doesn't seem to be working for us either. Now, now I want to make a distinction. Getting into the story of where the story came from originally and retracing its origins, to me, that's a separate story. Because it's a new story. Yeah, because I think that is a new story. I mean, we spent two years and untold millions investigating something that America's most decorated living prosecutor came back and told us there was no evidence for. So I think it's completely newsworthy to go back and research why the hell did we get this scam foisted on us in the first place. I'm not talking about that. When I'm talking about this constant need to respond to everything they say, everything they, because they, they don't want to, we know they don't want to talk economic growth and what's happening at the border. We know why they're talking about it. Why I'm trying to, what I'm trying to figure out is, is, is what, why are we talking about this? So Aaron, let me start with you this time. What do you think? Um, I think we are programmed along the lines of what I started to talk about uh, yesterday. We are programmed to react And we've talked about, again, taking this from a kind of a 10,000-foot view, Twitter is not America, but it's where the opinions of America, that 2% of Twitter who form, Mm -hmm. who, uh, form, I think, most of the tweets or most of the traffic, something along those lines, the uh, New York Times, um, you know, ran that study a a few weeks ago. Um, Those are the people who are continuing to push this for for the most part. 
And most of the people on in conservative media, I think, are on Twitter as well. And Twitter is an environment, and I'm not giving necessarily a pass, but it's understandable. It's an environment. It's a platform where knee-jerk gut reactions happen all of the time. And before you know it, dozens or scores of personalities, right-wing or right-of-center pundits, are talking about giving their off-the-cuff analysis. And so it, it, it makes it appear and it makes it seem like it's a much bigger deal. Uh, you know, Donald Trump Jr. subpoenaed uh, Bill Barr held in contempt of Congress, uh, Cohen saying, uh, you know, Trump should be in jail with Michael Cohen as person, as individual one. It seems like these little tidbits, every, because everybody's reacting, just giving their knee jerk reactions to everything. It seems like it's a much bigger deal than it actually is. Uh, when in reality, I think what Rob said yesterday, um, I think that is the way we should continue to proceed um, with this story or act at least start to proceed with this story because it actually it, it really does nobody anybody and no nobody any good except for the elite and the um the, the ruling class in washington i'm talking about both sides i I'm, i think the only way this story does any good for anybody is giving politicians some cover to um you know cover up for the fact that you know we're gonna bust through the spending caps we're still going into debt uh we're not actually doing anything we're not securing the border uh at all i mean just that is the only reason why this story continues to go, and the reason I think people keep reacting to it is because we are in a reaction-rich environment, and we have platforms that are easy to do that on. I thought you had an interesting tweet about this a couple of days ago, John, saying continuing to feed this is not helping the president, uh, his agenda, his reelect prospects in general. Tell our audience about that. I mean, it's not helping anyone. We're playing right into their hands. They want us to talk about this. Everything that they're doing is basically political theater. I mean, there's no merit. The Mueller investigation is over. It's ended. We, I mean, we've had four separate investigations that have exonerated the president on the uh, on the collusion narrative. We, I, we, I mean, at what point do we say we're not going to cover this anymore? And we're just we're so bad. At, the right is so bad at this game. The left is great at it. The right needs to do what the left does. We need to Brian Sims the story and just mm -hmm. not talk about it anymore. They don't cover the stories they don't think are important. So why do we cover the stories yep. that they are intentionally giving us? To, to say, oh, talk about this. I mean, I was watching uh, a major news network the other day, wall-to-wall -wall coverage of this. It's a nothing burger. It's been a nothing burger for two years. It's time to end it. Just don't cover it, and it won't give it life. It won't give it air. Todd? No, we talked about this all yesterday. Listen, Occam's razor is in effect here. It, it, is it the most obvious answer that they're, as you put at least in, uh, when you uh, wrote out the questions for today, are they taking the bait? That they're not taking any bit. This is, the most obvious answer is that they like this just as much as the left. Donald Trump likes this kind of sparring more than fighting for the border. Really fighting for it because remember that emergency declaration. Oh, it's, um, it's it's such an emergency. We're going to put it down the road yeah, for later. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the Obamacare. All that he likes this more. Most Republicans like this more. And John, to your point about Republicans being bad at this, yeah, yeah true. I mean, even an intellect like Newt Gingrich, he, back with, with impeachment, he fell for this. That's something that when you got somebody on the ropes, you can leverage to have real accomplishments if they matter, or you can just do this. They're not falling into a trap. This is who they are, too. It, it's too easy just to say this is the game of the left. This is the game of the swamp and the republicans are as swampy as anybody else and that's what's really you you have somebody bleeding out your political enemy in front of you and our answer over and over again is to bleed out with you
It's what we enjoy. We're cutters. We just self-inflicting wounds all the time because we like it. I go back. We had a conversation after the the Mueller report. So the the executive summary from Attorney General Barr came out, and we had a conversation at that time about you know what kind of political leverage does this give the White House now? How might they? We had Congress, my buddy Congressman Chip Roy on. Hey, th- use this leverage now. You got the wind at your sails. Govern. That all just seems silly and trite, yep. doesn't it? Yeah. Exit question. If the odds, the upcoming, at some point he will, the upcoming congressional testimony of special counsel Bob Mueller later this month, they've given a date, I think it's May 20th, but he hasn't confirmed. Um, But whenever it happens, if the odds of this finally being put to bed were a Backstreet Boys song, which Backstreet Boys song would it be? A, quit playing games with my heart. B, I want it that way. Or C, as long as you love me. Aaron. I want it that way. John. I'm going to break the rules here and do two. I want it that way, but let's be real. Quit playing games with my heart. (laughs) What do you think, Todd? Hey, quit playing games. Issue four, name your costume. Last weekend was the Met Gala, an event for people with fame, too much time, too much money, and a poor sense of smell. Here are some of the costumes that they donned. We'll start with a relatively tame look from Casey Musgraves, who dressed up as a literal Barbie. Next, Billy Porter went for the space Egyptian look by being carried in on a huge stretcher of some sort. Gigi Hadid addressed as that reflective tape you put in a garden to keep the birds away. Jared Leto dressed up as a man carrying his own head. Cardi P dressed up as a large couch. Janelle Monet dressed up as a bad LSD trip. Katy Perry identified as a chandelier. Emma Roberts dressed as a shower poof. Mary-Kate Olsen dressed as someone who knows how you die. And Ashley Olsen dressed as someone who knows when you die. And Kanye West dressed as Kanye West. When Aaron suggested this is a topic, my first response was, what is the Met Gala? And, and, and <laughs> That's the I, only proper response. And, and I really didn't know. And I, I didn't know who half those people were. I, I did not know who half those people were. But let's have some fun with it, all right? If indeed you were invited to the Met Gala, what would your costume be, Aaron? You, you guys already know this. It's the same answer for everything like this. I would dress up as a coffee table. I identify as a coffee table most times. What? I didn't mean to say that. I I mean I I I like coffee tables. Guys. You're transitioning into one as we speak. Yes. Yeah. Very wooden. We've noticed. <laughs> Todd, <laughs> amongst that crowd, easy answer. I would dress up as a Covington Catholic kid. Oh, oh. <laughs> bam! That's uh, you got to come over the top rope on that, John. Go ahead. I- yeah, how do I top that? I, I've been getting mailboxes full of people calling me a white supremacist, which uh, <laughs> doesn't work on that. Yes. So I think I'd go dressed as Clayton Bigsby. So for those people who get that reference, uh, you get it. And for those who don't, look it up. I think that might send the Met Gala for a shock. I, I'm going to give you um, some cherished video, which celebrated its anniversary this week, by the way. All right, it was 26 years ago this week. That my Met Gala costume, if I were invited, debuted. Watch this. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old. I am divorced. And I live in a van down by the river. Now, you kids are probably saying to yourselves, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get the world by the tail and wrap it around and pull it down and put it in my pocket. 
Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably going to find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount to jack squat. You're going to end up eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river. Now, young man, what do you want to do with your life? Uh, actually, Matt, I kind of want to be a writer. Well, laddie frickin' duh! We've got ourselves a writer here! Hey, Dad, I can't see real good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? Huh? Well, actually, Matt, uh, Ellen and I have encouraged Brian in his writing. Dad, I wish you could just shut your big yapper! <laughs> now, I wonder... Brian, from what I've heard, you're using your paper not for writing, but for rolling doobies. You're gonna be doing a lot of doobie rolling when you're living in a van down by the river. <laughs> Young lady, what do you want to do with your life? I want to live in a van down by the river. Well, you'll have plenty of time living in a van down by the river when you're living in a van down by the river. Now, you kids are probably asking yourselves, hey, Matt, how can we get back on the right track? <laughs> well, as I see it, there is only one solution, and that is for me to get my gear, move it on in here, because I'm going to bunk with you, buddy. We're going to be buddies. We're going to be pals. We're going to wrestle around. <laughs> Old Matt's going to be your shadow. Here's you. Here's Matt. There's you. There. <laughs> Whoops-a-daisy. Whoops-a-daisy. By God. We're going to have to clean that up later. Me and my buddies, my pals, my... That would be my Met Gala costume. <laughs> the single greatest SNL character, for my money, ever created. Uh, by the late, great Chris Farley, Matt Foley. All right, let's get to our predictions uh, brought to you uh, by... Um, where am I at? Oh, I already did that one. FreedomWorks. Thank you. All right. FreedomWorks, uh, their concern uh, is DC liberals including some that are currently working in the Trump administration. They're trying to make sure that uh, foreign governments and foreign markets get to determine what medicines uh, that you get to uh, have access to, uh, as well as what those prices are. And they want to do something about it. Because unfortunately, uh, the current head of Health and Human Services, Secretary Alex Azar, uh, he is buying in to these uh, sort of uh, swampy antics. There's nothing America first about letting foreign governments determine uh, our drug prices and what experimental treatments we can have access to. If you want to lend your voice uh, to help FreedomWorks, they're fighting back against this, but they need all the help they can get. Here's what you need to do. You need to go to www.freedomworks.org, freedomworks.org slash DACE, my last name, freedomworks.org slash DACE and tell Secretary Azar, to fix patients, not prices. Make no mistake about it. Tying the prices of your medicines to other countries does not put America first. Again, freedomworks.org slash DACE. 
freedomworks.org slash days. All right, quickly, predictions, Todd, go. Not only is Brian Sims not uh, done, we are going to hear a run for governor in the future from him. All right, John Miller, go. Uh, I I don't think things work out well for Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones. That's my prediction. Okay, Aaron. Um, I will say that either Cory, one of Cory Booker or Kamala Harris will actually be the first Democrat to drop drop out of the uh, race. Hmm. My prediction this week is Barack Obama will not endorse Joe Biden until it gets down to Biden and Sanders or Biden all but clinches the nomination. Uh, I, I think you can see the way that he has largely lived since leaving the White House. A lot of the candidates he just endorsed in the midterms actually didn't win, even though it was a fairly good midterm election for Democrats. Uh, I, I think that uh, he's not interested in getting his hands too dirty uh, unless he absolutely has to. So, John, it was good to see you, man. Thank you for joining us uh, this week on The Days Group, brother. Great to see you guys. All right, take care. Take your white supremacy somewhere else, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead, John. What's the, what's the, what were we I was say? just going to say, I mean, it just it baffles me every time they say that. I, I don't see how that works out. It doesn't work out well for me. I'll say that. No, it, I just want to tell you, you're one of the worst white supremacists I've ever met. <laughs> I'm going to be better at it. I'm going to work at it. Try harder. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, so we've got Feedback uh, Friday coming up. Uh, this is where you and the audience, we get a chance to respond to your re- responses uh, to us. Or no, we respond to your responses to us. We had, had it backwards. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Those are the ways that you can interact with us for Feedback Friday. And we'll get right to it next with Hour 2 here on The Blaze. Stay tuned. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on The Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. For those of you listening today via podcast or on Blaze Radio, they don't have the handy graphics package there telling you how to spell it out right. And if you are listening to us today via podcast, by the way, if you haven't done so, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice, we would be very grateful if you did that. It helps us uh, to reach more people like you. Thousands of you have done this for the show already, and we appreciate you doing that. Uh, If you'd like to join them, we'd appreciate you too. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, it would be really weird if you walked into somebody's house for dinner and they had like a stoplight or a stop sign sitting there at the table that like told them when to stop eating. You'd, you'd probably turn around and walk out because you'd feel like that's Joe Biden levels of creepy. Uh, here's the good news, though. Uh, your body actually has one of those internally. It's just for some of us, that uh, that stop signal isn't as strong as it needs to be. And then for some of us, as we get older, it, it weakens. It's called OEA. It's a natural substance in the body that, that helps the belly tell the brain, hey, we're full here. We can stop eating. Shut her down. If you have been losing the battle of the bulge and, and you're wondering, hey, how do I get my metabolism How do I make my metabolism great again? How do I do that? All right, give Riduzone a try. It's not a stimulant. uh, It's caffeine-free. Basically, it's three ingredients, and the majority ingredient by far is this OEA. You can give it a shot right now. They'll give you a special offer when you go to the website, riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. 
All right, let's get to it. Some feedback Friday. You guys ready to go? Yes, always. All right. Yeah. Let's start with Andy. He says, I know the rule applies that what happens in the overtime stays in the overtime. Is this going to be the second time the show we're no, violating no, that rule? No, okay. no, no, no. Uh, but I got to say, dude, I'm, I, I just, I love how everyone gets to riff on the spot for a while with no time constraints. Uh, Rob had a 13 minute rant. I actually started timing it. I actually started timing it and I thought this, this, this is how I make people feel. <laughs> All right. Uh, I love Todd and Aaron's meltdown. Uh, if you want to know what they were melting down about yesterday, you've got to, you know, uh, go watch for yourself as a subscriber. Uh, I love this format. Appreciate all you guys do. Really enjoyed it. Glad I am a Blaze subscriber. So if you are not yet a subscriber to Blaze TV and you want to know what it is that uh, Andy is talking about, uh, this is an opportunity. You know, we have no show clock. No, th there's not much of a filter here on this show, but whatever filter, th there are still times where we'll game plan out something during a break and I'll be like, should we go there? Should I say that? And there's some times you're like, not really. We don't, uh, with overtime, we don't have any such conversations. We just, we just go there for a few minutes after we're done here with the show. So if you're not yet a subscriber uh, to Blaze TV and you want to get a chance to check out overtime each day, as well as all of the other fantastic programs we have here, uh, just uh, blazetv.com and, and promo code DACE. Actually, I think it's blazetv.com slash DACE, I think is the website, if I remember right. All right, so use my name as a promo code. You'll get a discounted subscription. Todd, you sound like, or you look like you're poised to I, say something. I just think Todd is about to pounce. This is going to beg the question pretty quickly why we aren't just overtiming all the time. They, <laughs> they, I, I think they're, 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 the force is strong in this movement. Well, I, I prefer employment, you know. Um, <laughs> not that I mind losing it, but if you give me, if, if I lose it for the right cause, I'm totally okay with it. But, you know, if I had a preference that you gave me, I, I'd prefer employment. I'd like that better. Uh, Paul Wheeldryer has a message for Aaron. He says, Oh, no. Yes. He says, I am no tyrant. That's exactly what a tyrant would say, yeah. right? That's exactly, that's what, that's what a Thanos, I never taught you to lie. That's, <laughs> that's what a tyrant would say. I'm not a tyrant, okay? But he says, I am no tyrant. In fact, I am a man of immense character and a beacon of moral truth and honor. Sure. That said, it's time to force Aaron against his will if he insists on belligerence to view such classics as Indiana Jones, Jaws, Back to the Future, Rudy, etc. I believe I speak for the majority of your listeners when I say that Aaron must be made to watch these classics or be removed from the show. Aaron, what do you have to say for yourself? I literally was not listening to any of what you just said. <laughs> what was his name, Mike? <laughs> and you are... Oh, that was well played. Mike, I heard words, Mike, but I listened to nothing. <laughs> Did you just go Mike Huckabee on him? Hey, Scott, great job. Thanks for your help. The caucus has appreciated it. Yeah. Stop assuming his gender, though, Aaron. That is a good point. Could be Micah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So what do you think, Todd? <laughs> how serious, how serious of, of a dude uh, code offense are these things? I mean, given his generation, right? You know, it was appalling when I first heard it, but this is the kind of thing we talked about with the dude code. And I will just, I want to interject again. I will defer to Todd, both of you, upon anything related to dude code violations because I'll see, stop there. See, with it. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I'm a millennial and we don't know what dudes are. Yes, go ahead. You can, 
there's this paradox within the dude code that within small areas, fringe areas, a minute number of areas, it is it is a it is part of the dude code to violate the dude code. Just and yes. sit on it. I yeah. mean, it, yeah, yes, to just be slavishly yes. checking boxes. Yes, there's no dudeness no, in there. No, there is not. No, I mean that's the what you're articulating is, and I'm not drawing a moral equivalency, uh, but a circumstantial one. It's it's similar to when God says in the Old Testament, enough with your sacrifices and rituals yes. and festivals. Yes. I didn't give you those to have you just check boxes on yes. me. There I want a relationship. That's why we have these things. It's you know, these are ways to renew, rekindle the relationship, to make sure to reconnect, you know, like any good bride and groom should do, right? Okay. And that's kind of what I hear you saying. Yes. I mean, if you're just like, well, you know, to if you're so insecure in your dudeness that you're like, I need to just do these things to show that I'm a dude, Thanks. then you've already violated the dude code. Correct. No matter how many times you have done those things, you, you have violated the dude code already with that level of uh, of, of, of squeamishness. Well, to be fair, this is this isn't just 101 dude code we're talking about. I mean, this is this right. is you know about to pass the Jedi trial stuff when you accomplish this when you when you realize this because it's not. We're clear. like giving the August Augustinian commentary on yes. the dude code like right now. Yes. In fact, yes. So you can't just check boxes, and if if like what Aaron did in response to what could be literally interpreted as dude code violations. Yes. But the way that he just dismissed this yes. other dude as beneath him, that's where the dude code kind of steps in and says, yeah. I'll allow it. Yes. Right? Oh, Be more than allow it. Yes. I mean, because that's the spirit of the dude code right there. Like, you aren't getting over on me. Yeah. I won't watch them now. They might be great. I won't watch them now just despite the dude nope. code I'm, is, I'm, will absolutely endorse that action. I'm naming my children when I have children. Uh, uh, hasn't watched... Indiana and Jones. <laughs> the, dude code, the dude code accepts. Now, that being said, um, you're missing out on great entertainment, by the way. Weather's not going to be that great around here this weekend. You know what That's I'm saying? That's true. Yeah, I am trying to find some stuff to do the, tomorrow. I mean, in between coffee table breaks, you know? Yeah. Uh, just uh, go ahead and, you know, pop in an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Just don't start with the last one. Yeah, in fact, don't watch that one don't, at all. Yeah, because then you Which won't Which one should I start with then? Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Raiders first one. Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. okay. Even though technically Temple of Doom takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark does. It's a prequel, okay. not a sequel, all right? Okay. But, um, I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of my all-time favorite films. It's on my all-time top 10. Do you have it on Blu-ray? Yeah. Have you watched it on Blu-ray? Yeah. Is it pretty nice? Yeah. In, in surround? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got them all, and I've got a box set of them. You want to? You don't? You live three not minutes asking, for me? I, no, I'm not asking to I'll borrow. Bar, I'll let you borrow them if you want. What? Okay. Yeah, just let me know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean to make that. I was just asking the quality of the the, the film. But yeah, if you want to, I'll, I'll borrow them. Right now, people are asking if it's overtime yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can this be over? <laughs> so we had the conversation, and it wasn't on our schedule of things to talk about. It just came up organically in the middle of what we were discussing earlier this week, and. Uh, what would have happened if one of the quote-unquote outsider candidates like a Trump or Cruz who got the vast majority of the votes of the primary electorate, what if they had not gotten the nomination? What if what if a more conventional Republican, a Rubio, a Walker, a Jeb Bush had gotten the nomination and lost to Hillary? What would that, what would the last three years have looked like? What shape would the Republican Party be in right now? We, we kind of compared notes on that mm -hmm. a, a few days ago. Uh, DK sent me this note. 
And he says, I disagree with you, Steve. I don't believe there would be any sort of implosion. Because that was my argument. I think the base would have absolutely been in a complete and total revolt. And the fact that Cruz and Trump got the overwhelming amount of delegates, popular votes in that campaign, when the entire, I mean, Fox News Act to try to do its best act like Ted Cruz was never a candidate. And then they, they tried to take Donald Trump out. That was Roger Ailes' last gasp really before he passed away. Is Fox News between the months of of June when he announced and that late September first debate that they held uh, when when they when they sicked Megyn Kelly and Chris Wallace on him they tried to take Trump out for for months on end you know and so they weren't the candidates the system wanted and yet the more that the system showed that's not what they wanted the more popular those candidates got and so that's that's my theory that's my hypothesis which is if the system would have said. Uh, no, we won't permit you to nominate people like that and had nominated a more conventional Republican and that Republican would have lost and subjected the country to Hillary Clinton. I, I think the Republican base would have been in open revolt. Party would have been in an implosion. Aaron somewhat agreed. You basically disagreed. Is that fair? Yeah. Am I being fair to your positions? Yep. All right. So DK wants to enter into this conversation with an interesting uh his own hypothesis. He says, I think it would have actually strengthened the party because they would have been united to work against a President Clinton and would do everything they could to impeach her and stand in her way. Right now, we would be on the front lines of a nasty battle because Republicans would have kept the House and opposed her at every turn. Now, here's here's my response to that. I, I, I think it, if I didn't think it was a plausible hypothesis, we wouldn't be talking about it. I do think your overall sentiment has some validity, but here's where I think you go too far. There's no way they would impeach her. No way. No, these are the same people that won't do government, wouldn't do government, won't do government shutdowns, won't uh, repeal Obamacare. All of the arguments about, hey, we did this to her husband and look what happened and it reverbed on us. And it did a little bit, but they actually still held control of Congress in the next uh, election in 1998, in the next midterm. And and then they won the presidential election in 2000. And then in 2002, they came out of that. Republicans did with total control of the federal government for the first time, I think, since Eisenhower. So, you know, like half a century. But those are the, they would have made, they would have, they would have put on a good front of trying to look united and opposing her, but they would not have done anything substantive. It would have been tweets, sternly worded letters. Uh, we're going to sue you in court. Like we saw McConnell, who's still in charge, who would still be in charge, and he was in charge in the Obama years. McConnell and Boehner suing uh, Obama in court would be, would just be McConnell and McCarthy suing Hillary Clinton in court. Nothing of substance would have been done. And and I think, DK, that, that I'll even grant you initially... It would have looked the way you thought. But once the party leadership again showed that beyond beyond cocaine Mitch memes and sternly worded letters and lawsuits to pagan justices that have no meaning or bearing on public policy whatsoever, that they weren't going to do anything truly substantive to risk their own political hides to oppose her. I think we're right back to the very hypothesis that I uh, surmised a few days ago. But I wanted to give you a chance to respond to this thought. Well, he goes too far, as you said. It strengthened, no, but uh, also the pitfalls that uh, you diagnosed. I don't think it would bottom out that hard either. There's, no, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. There's just the same 
similar zombie goose-stepping that goes on. There would be a look of it strengthened, followed by a bottoming it out and a, 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 a weakening of some sort. Mix, r- rinse, wash, repeat. It, it would look like politics always looks like. That, that's where I'm stuck. Some, something fundamentally has to change somewhere in some party before we can trust a bottoming it out or a strengthening. It's just going to be the same zombie goose stepping this is and i think we need to reset why we even began discussing this in depth a few days ago because this conversation we're having here um points to what is the future post trump it is possible i'd put his odds right now if i were giving you an over under if i were setting the market i would put his odds on getting reelected at 60 40 okay but 40 percent losing is still pretty high. And when you when you consider historically since we went to the two-party system post civil war, historically US presidents running for re-election have been re-elected just under 70% of the time. So what I'm saying is I would still favor him to get re-elected, but I think he's less of a favorite to get re-elected than the historical trend would say. As it stands today, May 10th, 2019. We could sit here on May 10th, 2020 and my odds could be 75% or they could be 51, right? But as it stands today, those are the odds that I would put on it. And I'd, I'd set those as the odds in the predictive markets and tell you, you play the over or play the under with, with, with the current price. Um, but those odds of even favoring him to be reelected, giving him a 40% chance to lose, means there's a 40% chance that 18 months from now, you're going to have one of these, you will be made to care Democrats as president of the United States. And how, and so th- this would determine, this conversation helps us determine how will the Republican Party react to that? See, there's this notion that Trump has Trump- Trumpified the Republican Party. I don't believe that's true at all. I don't. And the reason why I don't believe, I think he could do it. The Republican Party, not necessarily Republicans. I yes, guess. yes. Yeah, that's a, thank, thank you for that distinction. The Republican Party, the people that are really running the show, not people that are registered Republicans or vote Republican, that, like most of you are watching us right now, but the people who really make the decisions around here, I don't think he's Trumpified the party at all. I'm certain he hasn't. And the reason why I don't think he has is because of what I've talked about here recently. He has been extraordinarily successful at, at provoking the Democrats to take all of the camouflage and all the code words they've used against us my entire career, all that's gone now. He's provoked them out of the mask. And that's why I would give a guy with 46% net approval ratings a 60-40 chance of getting reelected because he's done a really good job of saying, hey, there may be things you don't like about me. You looked over there recently, right? Have you seen where they want to take you recently, okay? So... But but as successful as he's been doing that, I think he's been just as unsuccessful at moving his own party. And right now, there's a lot of people in power in the Republican Party. Devin Nunes is not, or Nunez, I still don't know how to pronounce it. He's not one of you. He's being sold to you as one of you because he's realized that I can vote with Nancy Pelosi over and over again provided I just go out and rail against FISA warrants, Robert Mueller, and Russian collusion. He's done that very effectively. 
He's actually done some good work on that topic, by the way. Let's not sell him short. But five years from now, what's going to matter more to you and the future you want to pass on to your kids? Devin Nunes and Nunez's, Devin Nunes, Nunez, we'll call him that. When we don't know how to pronounce people's names, we just give them both pronunciations with a hyphen. What's going to matter more to you and your kids five years from now in their futures, do you think? Devin Nunes, Nunez, uh, letter on the, on the, you know, the, 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 the Trump prices, Tower meeting yeah. and the FISA warrants or the 75 to 80% of the time that he has voted with Democrats while he's been in Congress. What will matter more to you? Oops, sorry about that. Hopefully the latter. Well, Hopefully. it will matter. Whether you recognize it or not, it will matter more to you. That, that's Whether you recognize that is irrelevant. That's the truth. Those policies will all remain in place. Long after we get up one day and we're like, remember when Bob Mueller was a thing? All of those policies, all of those programs, all of those Planned Parenthood uh, uh, you know, uh, checks, all of those things all still happen and will still be happening when the stuff that Sideshow we're distracted by right now goes away. Lindsey Graham has figured this out. Lindsey Graham has figured out if I just drop an F-bomb, you know, on uh, Maisie Hirano, uh, if, if I get all uh, tidy whities in a bunch at the Brett Kavanaugh hearing, if I just go on Fox and lose my poop once a week or once a month, you guys will forget I'm still Lindsey graham stay. You'll forget that. See, they're figuring out, the Republicrats are figuring out the new game is. The old game used to be Talk what you want them. And I talk about this in Rules for Patriots over here. That Republicrats are not rhinos. Rhinos are usually in the blue states, Republicans uh, that couldn't get elected. So they, Democrats who, you know, there's no more spots in the team. So they become Republicans because, you know, they've got roster expansion in these deep blue states. Republicrats are people that could get elected all over the country. The old Republicrat game was Mitch McConnell comes into CPAC waving an AR-15. You know, they, they, they say what you want them to say on the issues, and then when they get into office, they just stab you in the back and trust that you forgot. Or they can drop a, but the Democrats, and you'll send them back. The new Republican, but see, that game is, is, is more and more exposed with the growth of social media networks and sites like this. It's why conservative review was created in the first place, for example. So that game doesn't necessarily work anymore. I mean, that's why Lindsey Graham faced five primary opponents in 2014. So they needed a new stratagem. The new, the new way the Republicrat has evolved to its natural habitat is to give you a viral own the libs moment. And then it doesn't, then they don't have to, is to essentially not talk issues at all. Instead of lying to you that we're with you on the issues, voting for Obamacare 50 times and then not doing it when they had the power, for example. Instead of lying to you that they're with you on the issues and then selling you out in broad daylight, which with the new technology, they can't get away with that anymore. They have figured out, you know what? If we just give you clickbait, viral moments and memes, we don't have to ever talk issues at all. We don't have to talk issues at all. Lindsey Graham's every bit as pro-amnesty as he's always been. I mean, this is the guy that, that, that spoke out in 2016, criticized Ted Cruz by name for being too radically pro-life during the presidential primary. Nothing's changed. He's just, as Aaron likes to say, your new conservative hero because he owned the libs. Two days after Cocaine Mitch said, Miller thing is done, time to move on, we're moving on here. His own intelligence committee subpoenas the president's son. And that subpoena is still out there. It's been, it's been now two days. 
And as we're as of the time we're doing this show live at 1:22 Eastern time, has there been anything about has, has the Senate Majority Leader come out and said to Richard Burr, "Shut your hole, know your role." That's not how we're doing business around to here. To my knowledge, no. Maybe he will, but he hasn't yet. But I am getting emails from some of you who think uh, the left getting verklempt about cocaine Mitch meme t-shirts is funny. See, that's the game. They have figured it out. I'm, I'm socialism's grim reaper. Yes. Steve. They have figured out that most of us, most of us just want to be entertained. That's what they have figured. They're figuring this out. Most of us just want to be entertained. When I used to do sports talk radio, I used to be for a living. I, I would, I, I was, you know, people would call up when the, when the teams were bad. And if the coach just kind of sat there and the refs are jobbing them, you know, and people would call up and, and he just sits there and doesn't do anything while the refs are screwing us. Now, I have no problem being critical of people when I think they deserve it. I think I've demonstrated that throughout the long uh, course of my rather mediocre career. <laughs> All right. But the one thing I couldn't understand was, so let me get this straight. It was like we talked about with claiming that uh, Bill Barr had uh, in intentionally misled the editing of, of Mueller's report when people tried sharing that with us recently on the show. And I'm like, so let me get this straight. You care about the integrity of Bob Mueller's report more than he does. <laughs> don't you think if Bob Mueller had, had, had thought that uh, the attorney general had misrepresented his report, don't you think we would have heard this by now? I think we probably would have heard it by now. Similarly, when you used to call my sports show and complain about why the coach just sits there and takes it from the officials, I used to be bewildered. Like, so you want to win more than he does? I mean, this is his livelihood, man. You, I, that doesn't make any sense. But then I figured out what they meant by that. What they meant by that was, you know what? This is my team. I love my team. And we're getting screwed right now. And I want to know that my coach of my team is cares as much about this and is as fired up about this as I do. You wanted empathy. That's what you wanted. You wanted, and you know what? That now makes total sense, and it's a natural human desire and need. This is what the Republican Party is doing to you now. They have figured out that really you just want empathy. You want someone to, you want someone to look at the daily crazy of Aaron's montage and be as upset about it as you are. And if they are, then you'll forget the fact that they're out there losing on the field. Hey, we yelled at the refs. Now, no one ever called a sports talk radio show and said, I really don't mind that we lost again to our biggest rival this week at last weekend because our coach yelled at the refs. No one's ever called a sports show and said that. How many, how many stories has Kurt Schilling shared about managers coming out to yell at umpires and they talk about something completely different yes. than what the actual issue yep. was that, yep. that just happened in front of everybody's eyes yes. just because they need to make it look like they're doing something. But we're doing this now uh, in the what's left of America. We're doing this. I'm going to just cognitive. I'm going to practice my own cognitive dissonance. I'm going to forget Lindsey Graham is Mr. Amnesty. I'm going to forget about it because he got pissed about the Brett Kavanaugh thing and he told Hazy Murano to F off. You're, you're, we're sending the signal to the Republican Party that they can keep being the Washington generals here politically. They can keep losing. They can keep losing every policy fight, provided they show they're as frustrated and angry as I am about what's happening. But here's the difference. Because you're frustrated and angry, you put them in power to do something about it. And you need to demand more than a meme. You need to demand more than empathy. 
I want results. I want I want you to 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 do something reasonably substantive about this. I can emote on my own, yeah, but I I I'm not empowered in Congress to push back substantively. That's what I want. That's why on our show we've never gotten into the nitty gritty details of the FISA stuff, and it's not because I didn't think it was. Likely, I think I might have been the first person to say at the time, the, the clock is ticking when they will evolve from denying they spied on him to justifying it and say, because he's such a bad person and so compromised and a Russian stooge, we had to spy on him for the good of the country. Did that was yeah. not, I mean, I think I said that like the day after this show broke, you did. The, the story broke. But the reason why I never got involved in the nitty gritty of it is one, I'm confused. It's all the details and everything are confusing. But here's the other one. I'm not going to care more about it than the president does. He's, he was the one spied on. It was his campaign. This story has been going on for two years. He could have, he, at any point, he could have declassified all of this material. The president almost has unilateral power. I'm only saying almost because maybe there's something I don't know of, of an extreme nature. But my understanding is there's, it, it's almost a limitless power of the presidency to declassify materials. He could have declassified those applications for the warrants, meaning what were the, here's, you want to, here, we could just know how much of the, the discredited steel dossier was used to get these FISA warrants by just, just, by just declassifying all of the applications and see where was that listed for the reasons given and, and, and how prominently was it listed, if at all. We could get the answers to all of these questions. So even though it would have been good for my career to kvetch about this, it was a pointless exercise because we could just get the results at any point in time. And see, this is why I don't believe he's moved the Republican Party. Because he's never really pushed them on substance. He should have, that clip you played last hour of, of Richard Burr, yeah. he should have grabbed Richard Burr by the proverbial throat there in public and, and, and said, hey, I'm the president here, you're not. Do your damn job. Not stood up there and say, well, I just really can't believe that, you know, after two days of do No, no. And that's why they believe when he leaves, they believe they're going to go right back to the same party they were before. That's, that's why. This is exactly right. Do you remember what Trump did to Rand Paul, whatever names he called him, uh, Little Marco, uh, Lion Ted, and you just laid out the kid gloves treatment? I mean, wh what nickname is Burr being called now? Where, what nickname has Ditch been called now? Not yep. Ditch. Yep. Nickname any of them. Because he hasn't run as president like he campaigned, which means the swamp wins. And so they believe they believe the minute he leaves, they're going to go right back to business as usual. The same game that it was before. And and I think it's important for us to, to, be, to be cognizant of that going in. Um, we'll come back. More of... Feedback Friday when we return and um, demand more than outrage. Demand action. All right. More in a moment. Stay tuned. Hey, if you're struggling with uh, itchy ears, ear pain, that plugged up feeling you're constantly asking people to repeat themselves, if any of these problems are familiar to you, could be one of those long, painful waits in the doctor's office awaits. 
uh, and a copay, maybe a prescription in order to, to get those ears cleaned out. But now, now there is a solution that you can use in the comfort and convenience of your own home. Uh, and it's called WaxRx. Uh, it's a physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and then soothes the ear with a pH condition formula. You might be like, hey, that's exactly what they do at the doctor's office. You're right. And now you can do it yourself with WaxRx. You can even try it risk-free today. You can get it without a prescription now, too. That's right. You can use WaxRx without a prescription. We're, we're removing all of the uh, obstacles uh, here for you on this program. Try it risk-free today. Just go to the website, usewaxrx, all one word, usewaxrx.com. And when you go to the checkout there, put in the offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. That's usewaxrx.com, offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. Aaron, I want to before before I get to one of the specific notes, I want to bring you into the conversation here on a general level. Sure, I've gotten several notes in the last couple of weeks asking us, you know, you guys are saying Twitter's not America, and you guys have pointed out the data and the stats that yep. it's not. All right, but I'm also hearing these broad generalizations about millennials and embracing socialism. How much of this is just driven by Twitter, and you know, that's that's exactly. Uh, you know, when I when Todd and I were growing up, we were told that within the, the next, our generation was going to legalize all drugs and prostitution, right? I mean, mm -hmm. th this is this is sort of the game. The next generation is always uh, the, when the left controls the over over to window. They always like to make it sound like they've got control of the next generation and they're going to go ahead and step on the neck. Based on your experience, interact interacting, you interact with your generation more than any of us do. How how comprehensive is this, or is it one small group though that is very devoted? I think the answer is uh, yes. I think it's still relatively small as far as the absolute devotion goes. I will say, judging from how far, judging by how far this has penetrated this notion of socialism, specifically Bernie Sanders starting back in 2015 or so, this notion of socialism has uh, punctured into our culture and my generation in, in particular. I look and I see and I hear stories, and we've talked about this before, of my alma mater, the University of Northwestern St. Paul, which is still a very good school um, as far as the Bible department goes, but the people who go there. And I, I had friends, um, in even a kid that I would say I, I, I mentored a little bit uh, through college, who was totally sold out to, to Bernie Sanders. Uh, during the 2015-2016 election cycle. He wasn't alone. And by my understanding and the things I've heard and the things that I've seen from people who uh, go there and who are very active online, um, that this leftist mentality has, has penetrated very deep. Now, why do I say it's penetrated very deep? By bringing up this, it is anecdotal. I mean, we can look at, we could do studies and we could point to studies. This is a Christian university. If these are the types of kids, now maybe it's just, maybe the university has changed, maybe it's uh, the, the type of uh, student they're attracting is, is changing, mm -hmm. but if this has penetrated so deep that our Christian next generation is falling for this type of thing, uh, I think that gives you an indication of how strong this sentiment is. Let me give you, again, this is all anecdotal here. I, it, I need to be careful about this. Let me give you one story about... How, how how my generation, I think, views this. And I think this is going to be the most kind 
uh, it's going to sound the most kind. Again, at the heart of this is is uh, injustice, but it's going to sound the most kind. Um, myself and this individual, this kid that I would say I, I mentored for a while, uh, were discussing socialism, and um, his argument is that it does help people who are um, who are poor and destitute and things of that nature. And I said, "Dude, we're Christians. The the um, the the church has got to do it." And he said, "Well, nobody's doing it." And I said, "That's that's because it's your job." And he said, "Well, somebody needs to do something." And I said, "Well, why don't you why don't you do?" It? So I think it's driven in a lot of cases by the sense of. Uh, this is not just something needs you know out of compassion, but it's a false compassion as we've talked about multiple times. So I think, again, we talked about this uh, either yesterday or the day, yeah, yesterday uh, for Theology Thursday. My generation has absolutely no concept of of um, you know of of the '80s of some of the more nostalgic notions of Americana. I played that clip last hour, and I'm going on and on here. I apologize, but I played that clip last hour uh, during the montage of, of bleep Democrats say of Pete Buttigieg, who says, um, you know, uh, America the, that he wants to return us to, Donald Trump wants to return us to, was never as great as advertised. In his world, in my world, and most of my generation's world, that is a completely rational statement because nobody has any concept of that. And so we see these supposed uh, problems, whether they're real or exacerbated by um, grifters, I I would say, like Bernie Sanders, uh, and they say something has to happen, something needs to be done, and here's a guy who's casting a vision, here's a vision – I think that's a very, very strong allure, especially when you can couple with, couple it with uh, corporations who make billions of dollars mm-hmm. and who are making, you know, uh, to the Jeff Bezoses of the world. They don't need all this money. They can ship it in to help solve these problems, and we'll use the government to do that. It sounds very good, but again, it's just a surface level. So I would say it's more pervasive than we'd like to admit. It's maybe not ubiquitous, but it is pervasive. So more than what's left of America would prefer not as pervasive as left America claims. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's one of the reasons we brought uh, our friends over at Swiss America on board because they they see the devolution here and uh, forewarned is forearmed and they want to help you protect your assets, protect your wealth, protect your productivity. You earned it. The king of the universe says the worker is worth his hire. All right. So protect what you have rightfully earned. And they put out this report about some of these cultural trends that Aaron just described, but also how you can protect your assets uh, and your your prosperity from what could potentially come. If you want to get this free report, it's called simple enough the protect your wealth report. Uh, You can get this at SwissAmerica.com. Craig R. Smith and the, the team there, they do fantastic work. All right, I've interviewed uh, Craig several times over the years. One of the best interviews on markets, uh, the economy that that I've had in my career. All right, so protect your wealth report. Swiss is what it's called. The website, SwissAmerica.com. Give them a call at 800-289-2646 if that's easier for you. 800-289-2646. Or again, you can visit SwissAmerica.com. All right, this note from Dave in my old hometown of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dave says, I want to make a point I haven't heard anyone else mention as it relates to when Alabama State Representative uh, John Rogers said you can kill them now or kill them later. Meaning if, you know, if we don't uh, kill these uh, lesser children that may or may not be born into these questionable circumstances, you know, like 
you don't want to take a chance with a kid born to a 15-year-old mom who's on government cheese, ADC, and her mom is a single mom, twice divorced with five kids to their, in a mixed family. Uh, you don't want to take a chance on a kid. And they're born basically into the white trash ghetto. You don't want to take a chance on a kid like that. Uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, just kill him now. So you don't have to worry about killing him later, right? Um, Dave writes, isn't he all but admitting the baby is alive? Yes. Because how can you kill something that isn't a life? Of course. Yeah. And I'll just remember that scene, that clip of... Uh, what is uh, it? What Jer do you mean, what is it? Of Jerry Nadler uh, getting uh, ripped apart uh, by uh, Candace Owens. And what was his response? Nah. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. whatever, dude. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. This is why you just got done That's talking. That's the shrug everybody. of cults. Yeah. And so th this is why we words are, of course, necessary and powerful. But action, real action, it, it's going to take something that makes all of us more inc way more uncomfortable than photo ops. As beautiful as what's happening right now in Philadelphia and a thousand plus showing up there, what's next? Then, that, that's then the, we'll know. The rally to counter Brian Sims you're referencing. Yes. So, suppose I made a determination that um, murder was inevitable unless we preemptively deal with the people that are most likely to commit it. And when you look at our own government studies, I, and I decided, you know, I'm going to look at my own government studies, and there's certain racial demographics, certain socioeconomic demographics, regardless of race, certain geographic locations in the country that are most responsible for the murder rate. And so I'm just going to remove all of their limbs at birth. I'm just going to remove all of their limbs at birth so as to not take the chance that they would become murderers. Did they make a movie kind of about this? <laughs> if I advocated this as a serious solution on this show, would this be our last show? You'd be called a racist. It, it would be, and it should be, frankly. It, it should be. Before I went on the air today, I literally had this exact same argument with a leftist. They just didn't realize this was the argument they were making. And so the argument they were making is, if you don't like abortion, just get yourself, uh, let's just have all men, uh, give them all vasectomies. Sterilization was the, was the argument that they were making. And, and by the way, later on, if you want to have a kid, a vasectomy can be reversed. Oh, wait, you don't want to get a forced vasectomy because it's your body? First of all, a sperm isn't life. It's a carrier. It's a carrier organism. It is not a life. All right? So... The analogy here, they were arguing sterilization. We weren't even arguing an abortion. And secondly, I can reverse a vasectomy. I, I can't reverse a killing. Once yeah, I've killed if, somebody, it remains dead. If, if your moral, unless, ben, unless you bring Benny Hinn in. Uh, if your moral code equates a vasectomy with the practice of killing a child, which mm -hmm. is what she was doing, mm -hmm. um, your foolish heart just might be darkened. No doubt. Here's your sign. No doubt. And, and if, a, if a, when a being has its own DNA and its own heartbeat, it's not you. It's a, it's a separate being. So other than that, though, nice try. It was literally the dumbest pro-abortion argument. And I've encountered, I thought I'd, I'd heard them all. It was the dumbest I've ever heard in my career. 
and the amount of people that were sharing this and retweeting it. And I went and looked. Members of the media that I know were sharing this. I, I People who identify, who in their Twitter bio say, hey, I'm a middle school science teacher. I bet you are, honey. I bet you are. All right? But this is essentially, and it, it, and it is amazing, the people who claim that they're sexually liberated, isn't it not fascinating? They just don't know a damn thing about sex, human physiology, biology, anatomy. They, they may be sexual, sexually liberated. It just might not be the way they think. No doubt. Uh, they're logically liberated. Yes. But when you're, when you're dealing with this, I, I just want my cult affirmed. That's what you're talking about. And we are, we are now at the point now that I, I don't believe we can win another, we can win, we can defeat them with a theoretical argument now. I think we just have to defeat them now. I, I, we're, the, you, and you saw that in the exchange with Rick Santorum uh, and the woman on CNN. Before I, it's a human being, what is it? Yeah. What do you mean, what is it? Or it's, it's not a human being until I want it. Yeah. That's, that's the oldest cry of every conquering army, every totalitarian regime, every racist Every, every fiend on, in, in the history of our species, that has been their battle cry. You're not human unless I recognize that you are. That has been their battle cry. And so, Dave, your point is brilliant, but we could do this all day long. A black man in Alabama, guys, are you kidding me? There are many of you watching or listening to this right now that are old enough to remember George Wallace. A couple of years ago for family movie night, we watched the movie Woodlawn, which is fantastic if you haven't seen it. It's very well acted. Sean Astin's in it. And it's about, it's a Christian film, but it's about the integration, the first high school integration in Alabama. And it's about the role that this high school, for lack of a better word, this pastor in the community played in bringing these factions in this high school together. And he was the chaplain of the football team. And George Wallace, as a, as a character, is featured prominently in a couple of scenes in this film. Um, and Tony Nathan, those of you that are old enough to remember when he played for the Miami Dolphins back in the day, the former All-American at Alabama, went to this high school. And so it's, it's, you're, it, this is kind of seen through the lens of his eyes, what, what happened here at this school. And George Wallace is featured you know, prominently at times in this movie. I, I had to explain to my kids, they had no idea who this guy was. And I had to explain to them, and you know, we paused the movie to explain to them what it was. They looked at me like their old man had just had like toe jam grow out the side of his head. And, you know, Tony Nathan played for Bear Bryant on some of the, the last great teams he had in the late 70s. You and I are old enough to remember this. Yeah. And my kids looked at me like, what? I mean, they gave me the what you talking about, Willis. <laughs> like they couldn't, like, and they looked at each other and they like, they, they could not compute in their heads that this they occurred. Couldn't, they couldn't even. Yeah. Couldn't understand it. A black man in Alabama who should understand this better than me or any of us. White people living in a state that's 97% white. Never faced any of this. And a black man in Alabama who, given his age, saw all of this in real time going all the way back to probably Montgomery and Birmingham and all those battles. 
went on camera and said during a filibuster, hey, all those kids, even the ones that are, you know, born to poor black families where they disproportionately are more likely to end up becoming criminals. He said what I what I said, if I said this, I'd get fired and should. He said it. Hey, kill him now or kill him later. He literally opened his mouth and the segregationist words came out. George Wallace's words came out. So that's a death cult. And I think we're beyond reasoning with them now. I, I, I think I, I think, you know, it's it's you have to defeat them now, I believe. Hey, final thing today, uh, if you watched 60 Minutes last weekend and you own your own home, and if you didn't watch it, uh, they had a story you need to know about. Uh, they, they talked to the FBI's former head of cybercrimes who warned homeowners that foreign and domestic thieves can steal your home, do it all online, just as I've been warning you the last several months here when we've been talking about home title lock. Your home titles and mortgages are kept in databases that can be hacked. If you've got equity in your home, here's how they get to you. That's what they want. They want the equity in the home. They simply forge your name on uh, their, your name onto the home's title as you. Uh, and then use your home as collateral to borrow against that equity. Then they stick you with the payments. No bank or identity theft program can protect you from this. That's why you need to check out Home Title Lock, America's leading title and mortgage guardian. For pennies a day, they'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title mortgage around uh, and guard the most valuable asset most Americans will ever have. All right, so if you want to check out, hey, is my home already vulnerable? Has it already been tampered with? Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's the website. Register your home for a free title scan and report. That's normally $100 value. They'll give it to you today for being a part of our family here at The Blaze for free at HomeTitleLock.com. Final thoughts, gentlemen. Hug your mama. Uh, and I learned that your uh, shirt choice today is about a perfect ode to this episode as one could possibly hope to wear. Hmm. You know, what we were just talking about goes back to the chart from Theology Thursday yesterday. Yep. When you see the rate they are going to the left, how fast it's exceeded the rate we have moved to the right in the last quarter century. They, they are in the left America and those who are promoting those issues. If, if, if they're not already at a juncture of irreconcilable differences, it's at least like um, irreconcilable differences next stop one mile ahead. I mean, they're, they're at least that close. And that's why we have to push for the win here. It is survive and advance, existential cultural style. Have a great weekend. Aaron's right. Hug your mamas. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.